0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. If you've listened to uh, my last message, uh, you'd remember that uh, while I was away, I did a study on on the life of Moses and probably the greatest man that that ever lived apart from Jesus Christ. Um, I want to look tonight at what made this man so great. I want to look at that and, and uh, I want to see how we can implement those truths into our lives as, uh, as far as I can see we're only given one life so we need to make the best of it amen need to make the best of it while we're here because you know this is our time Moses grew up in privilege and um, then he lost everything made a dumb decision blew it lost everything and at 80 years of age He had an opportunity to fulfil his destiny at 80 years of age and uh, fulfil the very reason why he existed on the planet. And let me tell you right from the outset that, you know, this was no walk in the park. What Moses was called to do was no small thing. This was not going to be easy. And can I encourage you tonight that, you know, maybe what God has called you to do is not going to be so easy. But you know what? If you wait for him and he goes with you, you'll have the victory every time. You'll accomplish just like Moses did. And um, what Moses was expected to do was was huge. But anything worthwhile has challenges. Anything worthwhile has challenges. And uh, we need to embrace that. Turn to uh, Exodus chapter 3. We're going to read uh, from verses 1 to 5. It says, Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight. While well, the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals for the place where you are standing is holy ground here we see Moses had an encounter with God that that changed his life forever then God commissions Moses you know to fulfill his destiny have a look at verse 8 it says so i have come down this is God speaking i have come down to rescue them from the hand of the egyptians and to bring them up Out of the land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Preserites, Hivites and Jubesites. That's funny. And verse 9, And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way of the Egyptians and and are oppressing them, so now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of egypt and it's the same for every believer tonight it's the same for every believer in this room at some point, there will be a god encounter at some point in your life you wouldn't be here tonight unless it was a point where God. Touched your life and demonstrated, showed that God is real. And at that moment, that you real realized that God is real and surrendered your will for the rest of your life to Him. And the revelation came that now your life has an eternal purpose. We don't sit there at home and think, you know, what? what's my destiny? What's my purpose? We just get on with life. We just do life. Whatever life we have to do, that's what we do. Until God interrupts that flow with an encounter that touches us and, and we get that revelation that, wait a minute, there's more to this life than just my, this life that I'm living. That this God stuff is real and that he has a plan and a destiny for my life. And can I encourage you tonight, don't give up. Don't give up on that eternal purpose. Regardless of the challenges that you face, regardless of that, don't give up. God's plan is that you would be victorious. There's no question about it. You may not see that. You may not even think that's possible tonight. But I can tell you, God never fails. You will be victorious in every battle that you face. There's no question about that. But there are four strengths that made Moses victorious and those same four strengths will make you victorious tonight. And that's what I care about right now, that you would be made victorious. The first one was that he was a man of faith. He was a man of faith. If you have a look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 19 and 20, it says here that now the, now the Lord had said to Moses in Midian, go back to Egypt for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. That's a good thing, isn't it? You know, those who wanted to kill you are no longer around. That's a good thing. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hand. Can you imagine Moses going back to his father-in-law? Like he goes to the burning bush. God commissions him, tells him what to do. He's got to go back to Egypt. So he goes home to Jethro uh, and he says, um, hey, listen, I was, I was actually talking to God uh, the other day in a burning bush. Um, and he's told me, take me, uh, he's told me to take uh, your daughter and your grandsons and uh, we're going back to Egypt. Now, I don't know whether he sold it very well or not, but it doesn't matter how it sounded to anybody else. Moses' faith was in God. Moses is, is praised through Scripture, right through Scripture, again and again for his faith. He seemed to have never taken his eyes off God after he met him at the burning bush. If you read his whole journey like I've done over, over weeks now, you know, you'll know that he just kept stepping up. If God was in it, he was, just kept stepping up. From that moment at the burning bush, he went from faith to faith and he went from strength to strength. And that's the, uh, the secret of a successful victorious Christian life. That is, that is the secret to success, faith in God. You've got to have your faith in God, not faith in results, not faith in good days, not faith with days without challenges. No, regardless what comes, my faith is in God. My faith is in God. I can't dictate the journey that I'm going to be on. I can help it by making some right decisions, but I can't dictate what's going to come against me because it matters not because my faith is in God. 1 Corinthians 1.9 says God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, the one who calls you is faithful and He will do it. He will do it. God's put His name on this. If He has called you, He's put His name on it and He won't let you down. Have, put your faith in God, not in your own ability or the lack of. Not in favourable circumstances or situations going right. No, put your faith in God. You know, I remember in 1981, I was in uh, Geraldton in Western Australia. And uh, I heard the voice of God uh, speak to me and say, go to Queensland and, and go to Bible College. Now, everyone around me, even the pastor in the church I was going to, thought I was crazy. So that I, was, that I was loopy, I was hearing voices, and I was. I was hearing a voice. And we packed up everything. I, I was in a situation where in, you know, I was earning that much money in a few years, I could have set up for the rest of my life. But see, my faith was not in job opportunities. My faith was in God. We came back to Queensland, but in six months, we were living by faith. I was going to Bible college. We never, had, we never had, you know, much to rub together in the way of finances. We used to go through the glove box, remember, honey, and see if there's any, any change. Our stable diet from, for quite a while was chip sandwiches and a bottle of Coke. That was pretty much it. The old chip booty, who's have those? They're good, aren't they, when you're hungry? They're good. And you know, people could look at us and said, You fools, you was you had this opportunity. You could have been set up for life. And now you're eating chip sandwiches? Faith's in God. Not in circumstance or situation. What has God asked you to do that requires faith? What has he spoken to you about? What what is that thought he put in your head? What has he nudged you about? Your destiny? But you've looked at it and gone, oh, gee, man, I don't know how to do that. That's, that's, kind, of a, you know, that's kind of above where I'm at right now. <laughs> and have you done it? Have you taken the first step? Our faith is in God. Moses was a man of faith. Number two, he was a man of prayer. When Moses was trapped by the Red Sea in front and by the pursuing Egyptian armies behind, the first thing he did instinctively went to God in prayer. Went to God in prayer. And when the people rebelled in the wilderness, Moses turned to God in prayer. I think one of the greatest examples of intercessory prayer in the Bible It's when the people turned against God, you remember, and they made the golden calf. And they started to say, you know, this is worship the, the calf. This is the God that brought us up, you know, out of Egypt. And God was ticked, let me tell you. He was angry. Exodus 32, verse 10. God said, you know, to Moses, now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them. And that I may destroy them, then I will make you into a great nation. I mean, God's tick, he's going to wipe out two million people for their rebellion. And Moses intercedes for the people. He says, hold on, God, wait, wait, let me me just work this out. Let me check this out. He goes down and he breaks up the, the golden calf. He destroys it. He brings the people back into water and then he prays again. In verse 32 he says but now please forgive their sin but if not then blot me out of the book that you have written. In other words Moses is saying you know know, Lord forgive your people the sin that they have committed or take my life. Take my life instead. He was given an opportunity to, to have those people wiped out And to start a whole new clan with him as the patriarch. He had that opportunity. God said, I'll wipe them out and and I'll build a nation from you. Moses like, no, come on. Forgive them or just kill me. Sound like anyone else you know in the Bible. Jesus said it this way when he was hanging upon the cross. He said, "Lord, forgive them, because they know not what they do." How much of our prayer is is focused upon others? It's a good question to ask a believer, isn't it? How much of our prayer time, how much of our prayers is focused upon others, not ourselves? It's a good challenge. Moses was totally committed for the betterment of others, so much so that he was prepared to sacrifice his own life. Is it any wonder this man had the the ear of God? Is it any wonder this man was the only one allowed in God's presence at that point? He was a man of prayer. And number three, he was a man of humility. Humility. Numbers chapter 12, verse 3 tells us, Now Moses was a very humble man, humbler than anyone else on the face of the earth. I find this really interesting. I find this interesting. Miriam and Aaron started to speak against Moses behind his back. You know, they started to murmur saying, well, you know, God sort of talks to Moses, but we've prophesied too. You know, we prophesied, we've prophesied, we've heard the word of the Lord and we, how come he's only speaking to Moses? How come Moses is the top dog? As he set himself up? Maybe we should be the top dogs too. That was the whole tenure of the, of the conversation. You have a look in verse uh, Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 to 9. He said, listen, this is what God said. He said, listen to my words. When there is a prophet among you, I, the Lord, reveal myself to them in visions. I speak to them in dreams. But this is not true for my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. With him I speak face to face. With him I speak face to face. Clearly, and not in riddles. He sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? The anger of the Lord burned against them and he left them. Wow, that's a bit of a challenge, isn't it? That's a challenge. Verse 3, verse 3, it says there again Now Moses was a very humble man, more humble than anyone else on the face of the earth. And God says, It's with him I speak face to face. So it's not about how how gifted you are. It's not about how elevated you want to position yourself. It's the humble that see God face to face. It's the humility that gets God's attention. I mean, how do we not understand this? If we want to get into the presence of God, being humble is the doorway. Doesn't the Bible say over and over that God hates arrogance? And yet we think we can come to God on our terms. We think we come to God like, you know, well, you know, this is how it should be. And, and I'll, you know, God, I'll do anything you want, but here's my conditions. No, only the humble see God face to face. And humility is not a special gift. Humility is not something that people are born with or they're not, or part of their DNA, no. No, it's not a personal trait. It's the doorway to see God. Humility is the doorway to see God, and it's reflected in repentance. It's reflected in kindness. It's reflected in preferring others above yourself. Amen? Amen? Jesus warned us in Matthew 7:15:16, He said, "Watch out for the false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will know them." You say, "Well, does that person hear from God? Are they humble?" Does that person, was that a real prophecy from God? Was that God speaking through that person? Well, are they humble? That's got to give you the first indicator. If they're arrogant and proud and boastful and self-promoting, I kind of don't think God's got a part of it. Do you? And we look across our world stage, folks, and I don't see a lot of humility. I see the church on fire, the church, you know, large and in charge and, and, you know, all all of this. But I don't see a lot of humility. I'm very careful of the voices that I hear on the internet. One preacher I know has a a bench press beside the stage that he pumps on before he gets up there because he looks better in a T-shirt. world-class, a world-class communicator. That's awesome, but I want to see humility because it's the humble who see God face to face. It's the people you don't hear of that I want to meet. The people are not pumped up on social media that I want to talk to because there's a good chance they're right in the throne room. Amen. Humility is a decision. Not a gift. It's not something you have and you don't have. No, humility is a decision. It's a discipline. It's a discipline. Are you enjoying this? Because it's pretty tough. Because, see, humility is, is the way of the cross. Just let that sink in a bit. Humility is the way of the cross. You see, this world wants salvation without the cross. There's no salvation without the cross. It's where my arrogance is crucified. It's where my heart is most aligned with Christ. When my flesh is on the cross. Well, we don't like this message. It's where I put to death my self-ambition for the cause of Christ. Not my will, Lord, but your will be done. Amen? Amen? where I give over my agenda for his agenda. Man of humility. And lastly tonight, a man of courage. Exodus chapter 5, verse 1. It says, uh, Afterwards Moses and Aaron went to Pharaoh and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, let my people go so that they may hold a festival to me in the wilderness. This is a Bedouin shepherd. A Bedouin shepherd standing before the most powerful man in the land and giving him orders what to do. Yeah. In this day, (coughs) you were dead. Who were you to tell Pharaoh, who they believed was a direct descendant of God? Who were you, a Bedouin shepherd, to tell him what to do? An order that would destroy the economy of the land. They needed those slaves. Their economy was built on slavery. And this, this sheep herder stands before Pharaoh. <laughs> That's courage. You don't fear for your life if you do dumb stuff like that. You do not fear for your life. You don't want to hang around much longer when you start to do those sorts of things. Amen. Had great courage we, we know that Moses understood how the palace worked I mean he grew up with it for 40 years Like he understood how the palace worked but the reality was that the Pharaoh that knew him was now gone this was a new guy this guy did not know Moses could have ordered his death in a second but God but God, Acts four thirteen, when they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realised that they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished, and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. That's one of my most favourite scriptures in the Bible. Every time I read that, I think, you know what? I could probably do this if God's with me. Unschooled, ordinary men. But they noted that that those men had been with Jesus. That was their credentials, that they'd been with Jesus. When When I read that, it just makes me feel like I can do anything if I've got Jesus on board. I can have courage to accomplish anything. When the disciples were out in the middle of the lake, And there was a wind blowing and, you know, it was getting a little bit rocky and they they look out over the waves and there's Jesus. Jesus just walking past. Bible says He was just going to walk right past them. I looked and I saw Him and I thought, it's a ghost. Freaked them out. Freaked them out. Then in Mark 6.50, Jesus said, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. I noticed in that scripture, He said, take courage. Take courage. So courage must be something that I can take a hold of when I need it. Courage is not something that I was born with, that is a gift that I have, that is part of my DNA, like I'm just a courageous person. I've always been that way. No. No, Jesus said, take courage. That's hope for you and me. Because courage is there to be taken any time I need it. It's my decision, I can take courage. I can take it and apply it to my situation, my circumstance, the, the battle I'm about to fight, the situation I'm about to confront. It gets my knees knocking in fear. I can take courage. I can take courage. It's a decision that I make at the time it's required. And that's good news for us, isn't it? That's good news for every one of us tonight. No matter what we are facing right now, we're able to take courage, stand in the face of anything because it's our choice. It's our choice. In the natural, Moses couldn't do that. Remember, God has a destiny for your life. God has a destiny for your life, a plan for you. And if you have faith, if you will pray, if you will keep humble and take courage, nothing, nothing will stop you from your destiny. Nothing will hold you back from the plan and purpose of God for your life, nothing. That's good news, folks. That's good news. I tell you why, because I'm a pastor. And COVID, you know, COVID messed everything up. It, it it shook everything. And a lot of sheep got scattered. A lot of sheep got scattered. I talk to pastors all over. They're, they're like, where are they? What What's happened? It's like something's hit the church and it's shaken it and we've got collateral damage, we've got casualties. People confused, people dismayed. People listening to that voice and that voice and that voice and being led off by, by highlings, not shepherds. can't change that because it's happened. But as a pastor, I'm telling you this, the next thing that hits us, we're not going to have the fallout. And do you know why? Because you're going to be stronger. It's my commission. It's my commitment. I'm going to build you as best I can by the Word of God. I'm going to build you strong. I'm going to build you so you stand up and face every situation and have the victory. You will not be scattered you will not be shaken because you'll get it and you'll devour it and you'll thrive in it and be victorious for generations to come. What you set in place now, because this is our time, what you set in place now will strengthen the generations to come. I promise you that. But if you do nothing, the next wave, the next tsunami that hits us, you may not stand. I won't tolerate that. Let's pray. Father, we're serious tonight. We're deliberate. We're making a stand, we're placing our feet on the rock. We're gonna overcome whatever our flesh is drawing us away to. We're gonna be built by the power of Your Spirit to fulfil what You've called us to do. Individually as a believer, Lord, and also collectively as a church, You put a stake in the ground and we're gonna bring freedom to as far and wide as we possibly can. Deliverance, hope, as far and wide, we're gonna deliver as many out of slavery as possible because of Your Word, because of Your Word, operating through our lives. In Jesus' name, you with me? Amen. Amen.